0: morals clauses should you use them in your podcasting contracts well we'll explore the what the why the weather and the how on this episode of legit podcast pro <laughs> welcome back to another episode of legit podcast pro the show that takes you behind the scenes of podcasting ...to explore the legal, ethical, and business aspects that shape this ever-growing industry. I'm your host, Gordon Firemark, the podcast lawyer, and today we have an interesting, thought-provoking episode lined up for you. We're going to be delving into the world of morals clauses in your podcasting contracts. So, a morals clause, sometimes called a moral turpitude clause, is a contractual provision often included in contracts that uh, involve performers, public figures, celebrities, athletes, and individuals in high-profile positions. The primary purpose of a morals clause is to protect the reputation and the public image of the party or parties or entities associated with that person. The clause typically stipulates that if that person engages in certain behaviors or activities that are considered immoral, unethical or damaging to their public image then the party or entity on the other side has the right to take certain kinds of actions things like termination of the contract they might have the right to terminate the agreement with the individual effectively ending their association there might be financial penalties the individual might be subject to financial penalties if they breach and their damage control measures for uh engaging in in that you might get the uh The other party to uh, do some community service, apologize for their behavior, or take some other kinds of actions designed to mitigate the harm caused by their behavior. Now, the exact scope and language of a morals clause can vary significantly depending on the uh, specific contract and who the parties are. Common triggers for a morals clause could include a criminal act, criminal behavior, drug abuse, involvement in some kind of a scandal, Really, anything else that might adversely affect the individual's public image and reputation. These clauses serve as a way for the parties involved to protect their interests and ensure that they're not associated with individuals whose actions could be detrimental to their brand, reputation, public perception, and so on. So they're often used in these kinds of. Things. Now, I'm not going to say that morals clauses are exactly making waves in the podcasting or digital media industry. They're not even what I would call ubiquitous in the podcasting space. But I have started seeing them uh, and putting them into the platform and network deals I'm working on lately. And if you're going into these kinds of deals, regardless of which side you're on, it does pay to be prepared. Platforms, networks, advertisers, everybody's becoming a little more skittish about potential damage to their brands and the public relations challenges that arise – when someone associated with them says or does something unsavory and brings about public scorn or ridicule. Now, sometimes the nature of a host's fame and notoriety is directly tied to a bad boy or bad girl image. But for most being viewed as a good, upstanding morally centered person is really how we want to be associated, who we want to be associated with. Either way though, brands, networks, and platforms want a way out. If things start going sideways and the talent says or does something that goes too far. So let me share with you an example of some morals clause language. The artist acknowledges and agrees that their personal reputation and public image are integral to the success and the standing of the company's podcast. Therefore, throughout the term of this agreement and in all public forums, appearances, interactions related to the podcast hosted by the artist for the company, the artist shall conduct themselves in a manner consistent with good morals and public decency. The artist shall refrain from engaging in any conduct, behavior, or activities that might adversely affect their public image or the reputation of the company. Specifically, the artist shall not partake in any illegal or criminal activities, promote hate speech, discrimination, or violence, or indulge in substance abuse that would hinder the proper execution of their podcast hosting duties, or damage the podcast's reputation. Additionally, the artist shall not engage in any activities or affiliations that could be perceived as a conflict of interest or detrimental to the company's interests. So you, there you see some examples of language that is specific in places, talking about criminal acts or or uh, drug abuse and things like that, and general in other ways. Now, if you'd like to have a more comprehensive uh, example of a morals clause, then in this case it's set up as an addendum to an already existing contract, you can come on over to gordonfiremark.com slash morals and give me your information. I'll send you a a sample document that you can look at that gives you an example of these kinds of, of clauses. Now, using a morals clause in a podcast contract can provide a number of valuable benefits, both for the host and for the network or company or sponsor. Some of the best reasons to include morals clauses is that it protects the reputation and the brand image. Uh, it ensures that the podcast hosts behavior and actions on and off the podcast episode air, align with the values and standards of the organization that's behind it. This is especially crucial nowadays. Public perception can really have a big impact on a brand's success almost overnight. It helps maintain audience trust. Hosts uh, often build a strong connection with the audience, and that morals clause is a way to ensure that the host doesn't do something that now betrays the trust of the listeners. The listeners are more likely to continue supporting hosts when they believe that they stand for and, and their values are in line with the listener's values. It helps to reduce risk. It helps protect the podcast network from potential legal issues and liabilities that might arise when the podcast host does certain actions. If they engage in those wrongful, illegal, harmful activities, then the network might take appropriate action to put some distance between itself and the person. And it helps to preserve those sponsorship and advertising relationships. Lots of podcasts rely on sponsorships and ad revenue, and a morals clause helps make sure that we're not suddenly going to have a negative impact on these valuable relationships with brands and sponsors. Advertisers want to associate with individuals that have a positive public image and who behave ethically it enhances professionalism the inclusion of a morals clause underscores the professional nature of the podcast host's role sends a message that if the host is ex- that the host is expected to uphold ethical standards and conduct themselves in a responsible upstanding way and that solidifies the host's commitment to the podcast and the network and having the clause allows for us to enforce contractual compliance it sets clear expectations For the behavior during the term makes it easier to enforce and terminate the contract if the host breaches, and it really preserves both sides' uh, uh, ability to uh, fulfill their contractual obligations. And it's a roadmap for addressing potential controversies. If a situation arises where the host's behavior becomes controversial, attracts negative attention, the Morals Clause can provide a clear basis for. How the network might respond promptly and decisively and avoid further damage. And finally, it's just, you know, including a clause like this allows the podcast network or the, po- or the platform to uphold and promote its core values, which can be critical for audience growth. And finally, you know, look, overall, this is the kind of thing that is a pr- protective measure it benefits both the host and the network by ensuring a strong commitment to ethical conduct and positive brand image. A little story about uh, an example of one of these things. I not long ago was working on a podcast deal for a religious organization. that was hiring a host slash producer. That host and producer was later charged with some spousal abuse. And the morals clause gave this organization the right to suspend that host, but to continue doing the show. So the show's still coming out. They had a new person doing the show. And then after those uh, charges were dismissed, it turned out to be a bogus uh, claim by an estranged spouse. Uh, The case was dismissed and the host was allowed to come back onto the show. But it gave the organization the cover it needed to not be, you know, employing this person who was inconsistent or accused of being inconsistent with the uh, organization's values. So, look, including a morals clause in the host contract can offer a number of benefits. There are also some drawbacks and considerations to think about. Morals clauses can be really subjective and leave lots of room for interpretation and therefore potential disputes. What constitutes good morals or positive actions could, you know, could be a thing. And what might adversely affect reputation can be open to a number of different views. It has a chilling effect on creativity sometimes. Hosts might feel restricted or hesitant to cover certain topics or engage in creativity due to the fear of accidentally violating that morals clause. And that stifles that natural expression and authenticity. So that could be a challenge. There could be legal problems. Enforcing a morals clause could lead to challenges again if that language isn't precise or the terms are too broad or ambiguous. And, you know, it it raises the question, well, what happens to innocent until proven guilty? right. So we have potential legal challenges there. There's risks on the public relations front. If the host is subject to a morals clause violation and is taken off the air, that could itself could attract media attention and negative publicity for the host and the network just on the fact that there was this enforcement was done. It's also inconsistent enforcement that can be a problem. You have to be consistent in how you enforce things. Different hosts and different situations – uh, need to be treated in a fair, equitable, and reasonable way, the network could be accused of favoritism or discrimination if it doesn't uh, have a clear, established approach and policy. And morals clauses are often drafted to cover specific behaviors, but then the unforeseen circumstances that don't fall within the scope of the clause still leave everybody without some clear guidance on what's to happen next and how to respond. It can also have an impact on uh, the talent acquisition process. Some hosts, high-profile celebrity types, might be hesitant to sign a contract that has a morals clause. They may view it as an invasion of privacy or an infringement of their personal lives. Again, tying it closely to the show and in the image of the show, that might be a way to help, but uh, it can be challenging to get some people to sign. Uh, It also adds a complexity to the contract process that might be um, troublesome longer negotiation processes more legal fees if you're using lawyers those kinds of things and having a morals clause in your contract today could become outdated or irrelevant just you know a few years from now as societal norms and values evolve and change and we could have inconsistencies or just a lack of enforcement altogether that makes it sort of useless. Uh, and finally, the consequences might need, need to be clear. You know, a morals clause might outline potential actions for various kinds of violations, but it might not specify which consequence applies in what circumstances and there's room for that uncertainty. So it's really essential to draft the morals clause with clear, specific language that aligns with the values and objectives of the parties. And it's crucial that you engage in open communication with hosts about the intent and the implications before you sign. This kind of transparency and fairness in enforcing the clause really helps to strike a balance between protecting the network's interests and respect for the host's rights and creative freedom. This episode is brought to you by Easy Legal Forms and Templates for Podcasters. If you're a legit podcast pro, you want to protect your intellectual property and ensure that content is used appropriately. Easy Legal Forms and Templates for Podcasters can help. Our form store at podcastlawforms.com provides a variety of legal forms and templates specifically for podcasters, including host and co-host agreements, DMCA takedown notices, release forms, and much more. With these easy downloadable templates, you can customize the forms you need in just minutes. Plus, our affordable bundle and a la carte pricing makes it easy to get the protection you need without breaking the bank. Visit podcastlawforms.com today. Easy. Legal affordable forms and templates for podcasters, podcastlawforms.com. So how do you navigate this discussion about a morals clause? You're hiring a host, you're hiring a co-host. This is a good use, by the way, if if you're doing a show and you're just bringing on a co-host, you might want to include some morals language in your deal there. So you're you're bringing this person on and really you've got to have the conversation. It requires open communication, transparency, sensitivity uh, on everybody's part. So start off by getting it into the conversation early on. Talk about why you want the clause in there, what it aims to protect, and how it's going to do that, and the scope of things. What are the things that would trigger the morals clause? Be specific about what's unacceptable and might have consequences. Think about what will uh, alleviate any ambiguity in the deal, avoiding misunderstandings later on. And allow the podcast host, the, the the other party, to express their concerns or questions and work it out. Be open to conversation and compromise and uh, addressing those reservations and giving them the reassurances they need. The goal is to achieve a mutual agreement, understanding by both parties, of the language, the intent, and the purpose. So everybody should feel comfortable with the terms and make sure they're going to go forward on steady ground. And then, you know, be open to negotiating the specifics. Consider feedback and and find that balance. Uh, When you do include a clause, you have to do a consequence. The morals clause is essential. Uh, It's essential that the clause include the provision that says, here's what happens if it's violated. What steps are going to be taken before we go to the scorched earth approach of terminating the contract entirely? Are there going to be warnings or opportunities for corrective actions? And also, don't forget that when you talk about these things, you are addressing sensitive personal information about the host. Things can happen in their personal private life that can bleed over into the podcast arena. So you want to make sure that if you are going to be gathering information to enforce a morals clause that you're going to hold it as confidential and not be public about it yourself uh, as the platformer host uh, or whatever. And finally, encourage the host or whoever you're asking to sign this to review the contract with their legal counsel. That way they fully understand the implications and legal ramifications and they get the help they need to negotiate the terms throughout the discussion. You want to be respectful, maintain an understanding tone, build trust, demonstrate that everybody has each other's best interests in mind And uh, that's – it's a collaborative effort. It allows everybody to express their needs and concerns. Transparency, empathy, openness to compromise, you can make this happen. Crafting a fair and enforceable morals clause, as with lots of contract situation, what's essential is clarity. That means that using terms like good morals isn't really enough. Defining things as precisely as possible is important so that there's a way to actually tell if there's been a breach and we're not left guessing about it or asking a judge or a jury the question of whether they've breached it or not. It's also important that the clause be fair to both parties. Reasonable terms, consequences, punishments that fit the offenses are important. And here's a thought. There might even be circumstances where the clause needs to be bilateral. That is, the host or the artist could get out of the the deal if the company or the producer of the show falls into some kind of disrepute or brings upon some scorn of the public or something like that. So when to use a morals clause in your podcast contract? Well, the decision – depends on a number of various factors and considerations. It is not a one-size-fits-all approach. Different podcasts, different networks, different companies, and different hosts will have varying needs and priorities. But some of the factors to consider is, are, are these, nature of the podcast and the content itself. What kind of show is it? Is the host's behavior going to have an impact? What kind of an impact? If the podcast covers sensitive or controversial topics, well, a morals clause might be more critical to maintain audience trust. What's the brand reputation and values that you're trying to protect? Does your network or company or your show have a strong emphasis on upholding a specific set of values, maintaining a positive brand image, in which case a morals clause can really help to protect that Uh, audience perception. The podcast host behavior, both on and off the podcast can influence that perception. And so if audience trust is vital to your podcast success and show me a podcast where it isn't, a morals clause could be an important protective measure. Consider the potential risks and liabilities that can arise from a host taking certain actions. Morals Clause helps to mitigate these risks and provide a basis for taking appropriate actions where necessary. And of course, you also have to consider the host's reputation and their public profile, that good boy versus bad boy or bad girl image. Evaluate their existing reputation and public image. If they're high profile, they have a significant online following. If they're known for these things, well, that's going to factor into your decision about whether you need the morals clause. And also, whether morals clauses are common in the podcasting industry. I can say right now, they are not. This is something that's fairly new that I'm seeing in deals, but... Some of these companies are standing pretty firm on having a way out if things don't shape up quite the way they expect. So you'll want to have that. And finally, will the host be willing to sign? Some hosts may be reluctant to sign a contract that has a morals clause due to concerns about their privacy or their creative freedom. So be sure you consult with a legal lawyer, a a legal counsel to ensure that the language and scope of what you're doing is appropriate and enforceable. And ultimately, the decision to include the clause should align with your overall objectives, risk management strategies, and brand values. If you think that a morals clause can help protect, well, ask about it. Have a conversation. And it's essential to approach the discussion of the clause with sensitivity and transparency, ensuring that both parties understand and agree to the terms. So, just to recap... Here's how morals clauses fit into the broader context of podcasting contracts. They provide a tool for risk management about reputation damage and harm to the network from uh, a host taking actions or behaving in a bad way. Um, Outlining the specific behaviors that are unacceptable is the way to mitigate risks related to those things. Podcast networks invest a lot of resources in protecting and building a positive brand image. These clauses will help maintain that consistency and make sure that the image doesn't get tarnished by a host's bad behavior. Audience trust. Build strong connections with your audience by maintaining that trust. The morals clause is a good way to protect that and do that. And uh, creative freedom. You have to balance the, the clause with um, protection for the podcasting network, but also Make sure that the hosts feel that they have enough freedom to make it worth their while to do what they're doing. Balancing brand protection with creative expression is essential, so you're not stifling authentic, thought-provoking content. That's the last thing we want. Producers have to strike a balance that respects the host's freedoms. And there are ethical implications. Morals clauses raise these ethical considerations on both sides. Defining what is good morals, ensuring that the clause respect privacy and freedom of speech and individual rights. Again, it comes down to open communication and mutual understanding and agreement, navigating these ethical complexities uh, to uphold these principles. Community standards. Morals clauses can reflect the community standards and values in the podcasting industry and the subject matter Industries that the shows talk about they demonstrate that the industry is committed to maintaining certain ethical standards and fostering a positive Environment for listeners, so they're not big yet But they are becoming a growing part of the podcast industry's contract landscape They serve as this mechanism for brand protection risk management and audience trust But using them does require careful consideration To strike a balance between protecting network interests and host creative freedom and ethical rights as this industry evolves, we're going to see more and more of this. Collect- continued discussions and collaborations uh, will help shape how these clauses are used in podcasting contracts. And that about does it for this episode of Legit Podcast Pro. I hope you like what we're doing here. And if so, can I ask you a couple of quick favors? First, hit that subscribe button or like button so you don't miss a new any other episodes. If you're watching on YouTube, that notification bell will help you know when I'm recording live as well. And that's great. And second, tell folks about the show like, share, and point people our way. That's how we reach more folks and make the world of podcasting a better, safer place for everyone. And that's going to do it. To conclude this episode, I'm Gordon Firemark, the podcast lawyer, and this has been Legit Podcast Pro. I'll see you again next time.